cliffcentral.com If this is the first time you ever listened to the show, that must have sounded quite weird. But Anthea does work hard for her money, and she's right here. Anthea, what is going down in the economics? Good morning, Ben. I know we've got a lot to talk about, but I'm afraid the shit okay. is hitting the can, proverbial fan probably, this morning. Probably skips here. <laughs> you, you carry on, Anthea. Right. So the rand is blowing out big. In Asian trade, it was down almost nine and a half percent early on. It's fourteen seventy six. Last time this week, I was talking to you, it was thirteen twenty five. Yeah. There is trouble in paradise. Well played, Cyril. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. We can't blame Cyril for this. This is all about Turkey. This is the Turkish president, Recep Erdogan, um, who's just absolutely causing trouble. Um, my phone has not stopped going for the last half an hour, 45 minutes. It's still going. This is ridiculous. But, Anthea, how is it that some Turkish tyrant can be messing up our morning in your phone? It's all about emerging markets. So, Erdogan… Oh, dick. I know. It, Totally. And and actually, Ben, I'm going to tell you what he's done. And this let this be a lesson for South African politicians who are listening. Mm-hmm. So first of all, inflation in Turkey has hit 15% because Erdogan has asked, in inverted commas, the central bank to keep interest rates low. So he doesn't want the central bank to put up interest rates. So he's now taking control, basically, or messing with the central bank, central bank's independence. In fact, he calls higher interest rates the mother and father of all evil. Um, yeah. He has appointed his son-in-law as the finance minister. Oh Sound vaguely well, familiar? There's a red flag. Yeah. Um, and basically, Turkey's foreign policy is making investing in Turkey less appealing. He, he really is just, and this is what it's all about. You know, it's kind of messing with the independence of the institutions. Um, and and really not understanding economics, obviously, because if you ra- need to raise interest rates, no matter how difficult it is for the voter or for the consumer, it has to be done. Um, and, of course, through all of this, Erdogan is blaming the rest of the world for waging, in inverted commas again, economic war on Turkey, he says. This just sounds like it's a, it's a template that these guys use. Firstly, minimal understanding of economics and then play the blame game. Yep. Try and get votes, right? Um, yeah. You know, just use populist politics. Um, and then screw things up. And and this is very badly. So it really is an emerging market contagion. As I said, the rand at 1476 or 1472. I don't know. It's moving so fast this morning. I can't keep up. And the problem for us, of course, as you know, if uh, with a weaker rand is higher inflation. And if this carries on, there's no doubt that the Reserve Bank is going to have to raise interest rates. On Friday, we saw five billion rands worth of bonds being sold by foreigners alone. Bonds have just opened up, and I'm looking at my phone. 9.15 bid, 9% offered. So this is from below 9%, which is bad. So you understand that bonds work the other way to shares, which we normally talk about, right? So the higher the interest rate in bonds, the more expensive it is to borrow. I think South Africa Inc. shares, like the banks, the retailers, are all going to come under pressure this morning. If you see, because of the weaker rand, we'll probably see a, a jump in resource shares. Obviously, they they like a weaker rand. Mm-hmm. I would say take profits. Anglos, Bulletin, Sassel, sell if you can. I see the rand is now 16.75 to the euro. This does not bode well for some of us. Yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing like 
headlines from less than 24 hours ago saying, oh my gosh, the rain has slipped to 14 and it's now like 14.68. Exactly. So last week when it hit on Thursday, the rand hit 14. We were going, oh shit. <laughs> now it's 14.70. Oh, Anthea, it's brought you to profanity. I mean, this is, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this is the desperation we find ourselves in now. No, this, this is, this is terrible. This is, this is the stuff that keeps me awake at night. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> Shall we move on to, to local shares? We Please. had a couple of companies reporting yesterday. Uh, sorry, last week. Absin, Nedbank both reported. Nedbank's profit jumped 26% in the half year, mostly because of a company called, that they own called Ecobank Transnational Incorporated, Nigerian bank really. Um, which Nedbank owns 16% of. The good thing about both of these banking results is that we're seeing lending coming through. So before, when interest rates were high, the economy wasn't growing. The consumer was under pressure. The banks kind of pulled back and said, actually, you know what? We're not going to lend um, because we're nervous that you won't be able to afford to pay it back. But now we, we're seeing the lending coming through again. This situation with Iran blowing out, I think <laughs> there'll be a few meetings in the banks this morning going, maybe let's just uh, put our foot on the brake a little bit. Yeah, the these department. bank meetings are going to go very, very stressfully from here, I think. Oh, for sure. This morning, banking meetings are going to be uh, not a pleasant place to be. And then MTN reported as well. Their share was down 8% on Wednesday when they reported. So I didn't think the result was that bad, to be honest. Um but I think the market didn't like it. They're taking a very dim view against the absolute 7% decline in headline earnings per share, the net debt blowing out. And, and to me, these were things that were kind of expected, actually. Um, cash flow, free cash flow in the MTN came out at 14.4%. And I think the market was just looking for something more. So we love free cash flow, by the way. Mm-hmm. If ever you want to understand whether or not to buy a company, understand free cash flow. The more free cash flow a company has, the better it's doing. Um, and one of the problems with MTN's free cash flow, <coughs> excuse me, or cash flow in general, is that firstly, they pay... Uh, very good dividends and the dividend is paid one third in the first half of the financial year and two thirds in the second half of the financial year. And last year's good dividend was obviously the two thirds came through in this first half financial year. And so of course you'll see money flowing out. Um, also their capex spend has been quite heavy, which they will now negate or they'll, they'll slow down a little bit. Um, and then also I expect probably to see some cash flowing in from the sale of their Cyprus business for about 4 billion rand. And then probably also from the listing of MT and Ghana, which is scheduled for, I think it's September, October of this year. And MT and Nigeria will, should also be, well, we're hoping that they'll list and that should also see a nice cash inflow. I mean, MTN went, to, oh, the other, the other cash flow problem with MTN, of course, is that they still got money sitting in Iran, which they can't expro, expatriate. Uh, of course, I remember that. Yeah. And now that Donald Trump is fighting with Iran, Iran have just, Shut down their borders again and go and well, in that case, you're not taking money out of our country. It happens. And then the last thing, MTN went to great pains to say that of their 230 million subscribers, only 71 million are using data. So this is where their runway is. You think data. So, and, and Rob Shooter, the CEO of MTN, made a very good point in that he said that a lot of analysts. Sorry, Andy, is that all their people as in, in the continent? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, he said that Rob Shooter was saying that a lot of analysts had written off MTN because 
voice, nobody's using voice anymore and there was nowhere to go and it's kind of a sunset industry and it's dead. But he's saying, well, actually, we've got miles of runway still on the data subscribers. And then Glencore reported as well, decent set of results. Revenue grew by 8% after tax profit, up to 15%. But if you remember correctly, a couple of weeks ago, we were speaking about Glencore. This is the company that is being subpoenaed by the Department of Justice in the U.S. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I remember that. That's a problem. Just a tiny Glencore. bit problem. <laughs> Just <laughs> tiny. a tiny little one. Yeah. <laughs> Glencore did, <laughs> tiny, what, $10 billion problem. Uh, Glencore did say, Immediately afterwards that they're doing a share buyback. So that kind of helped. But, but yeah, they've, they've done okay. You know, they, um, net debt is down to nine billion dollars. Um, which was better than we expected. They had strong earnings growth. Industrials and mining businesses performed very strongly. Um, so yeah, like everything good. But if you've got this Department of Justice investigation hanging over your head, it's it's just people don't want to be there. And, and also there are other resource companies that you could buy. So Glencore's really cheap at the moment. But there are other resource companies, maybe not as cheap, that you could buy and without kind of the risk of investigations. Yeah, exactly. And then lastly <laughs> on our in our country that I want to talk about anyway, African Rainbow Capital, Patrice Motsepe, announced last week that they are buying the balance of 90% of a company called Time Digital from Commonwealth Bank of Australia. Now, you may, may not have heard of Time Digital before. It's an online bank which have been going for a while. A friend of mine works for them, and he's been talking about it for years. I'm still waiting for the launch, let's just say. Oh, <laughs> so they're building this great digital bank, and they've spent millions, almost billions. It's the bank of the future, Anthea. Yes, and that's what Patrice decided. So is it a good sign that Patrice is investing in it? Should we expect something big to come out of Time Digital Bank soon? Or you're still hesitant? I'm a little bit hesitant. Okay. Um, I think they sell a good story. They certainly do. It is a great story. Um, But, you know, we've also got Discovery Bank coming online. We've got a couple of other banking licenses in the pipeline. So... So yeah, as they say in the finance game, you can only enjoy the view once the anchors hit the cer- hit the bottom. Do they say that? <laughs> do we say that? <laughs> yeah. I'm also just questioning. Okay. You're asking Anthea, do open any questions here? Sure. I'll, okay. I'll retort with the, with the finance um, riddle. Anthea, how much did he buy? How much oh, did he The entire bank now he owns. He used to own, I think, about 10%. He now owns the entire bank. So he tested the waters Whoa. and now he's dived in. Okay, yeah, that, he, yeah, he's definitely not hesitating around that, but okay, let's no, keep that, an eye on I mean, that. So many other things. He's, you know, he's bought into Rain as well, that mobile operator that Michael Jordan started. Oh, there's lots. Uh, yeah, him and Michael Jordan are, are visionary people, and they both believe that the banks of the future will be digital online. Let's hope so. And then we have to talk about another very wealthy South Just African. Anthea, how many final things you got here? <laughs> one last absolute final. Please, Ben, can I have this one? You're like, you're like Toto when they get a gig. They'll just keep playing. <laughs> I might burst okay, into what song is, any minute. <laughs> what is going on with this guy? Because I just don't know anymore. Elon, Elon Musk. Yes, he's become our enfant terrible, hasn't he? So he tweeted on Tuesday saying that he was going to take Tesla private. So you know Tesla's listed. The share was trading at about $360. He said he was going to take it at private at $420. In other words, he was going to pay you $420 for a share that was trading at $360. Now, we all know that that is just stupid. 
If you're going to buy back your shares, you want to buy them back for as cheaply as possible. Competitive value. Exactly. Yes. Anyway, so the share rallied, I think it was up about 11% when he tweeted. Then the shares stopped trading because the other problem with this is that if you are a CEO or an insider in any company and you're tweeting about prices of shares and the fact that you've already raised or secured capital to take your company private – then basically, this is insider in, insider trading, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a lot, Ben. <laughs> um, anyway, so there you go. I mean, at that level, he said that he was getting money from a Saudi Arabian sovereign wealth fund, mm. and they'd already built a two billion dollar stake in the company. Um, at that price, at four hundred twenty dollars a share, he was valuing his own company at seventy one billion dollars. Remember last week we spoke about this company and how we said they'd lost all that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were making big five hundred million dollar losses per quarter or something. Um, anyway, what's come out of it? Subsequently, the share has fallen back. The share got um, suspended trading, and. The Saudis seem to have disappeared, I believe. Oh. So we don't know exactly what's happening. How Elon Musk gets away with this, I don't know, because that's definitely insider trading. And all he's doing is pushing his share higher, right? I mean, obviously. If you're saying you're going to buy the share at 420 and it's trading at 360, you're basically saying, well, buy it up to 420 because I'll buy it back from you and you'll make a profit. I'd love to know his team. I'd like to know who he exactly sits with and thinks about this and says, yeah, this is a great idea. Let me put it out into the world. I think he's being a bit Trumpish. He's just he's not actually like engaging with his team, because if he had asked his compliance officer, his compliance officer would have said, give me your phone. Oh, that's a term I wish we didn't have. (laughs) People being Trumpish. (laughs) Anyway, the absolute outcome of this is that over the weekend or Friday, whenever, uh, Elon Musk tweeted to Einhorn, which is a hedge fund manager and is well known for shorting the share. Remember, I said, if you, if you think the share is going to go up, you buy it. If you think the share is going to go down, you short it, you sell it. Yeah. Einhorn is a short seller and Trump t- sent him apparently a box of short shorts. <laughs> Because obviously when the share rallied, Einhorn would have lost a lot of money. So my comeback to this is I think this was just a joke between very wealthy individuals. Behaving very Trumpish. Mm. That's it. <laughs> kind of – it's about right, eh? Yeah. Children, children behaving badly. Dick swinging contest, Anthea. That's, what That's right. All right. Well, thanks very much, Anthea. Thank you. That is the kickstart to your week of the finance for more of Anthea and her other segments because, you know, she keeps you up, up to the um, – sorry, Anthea, I need to get a photo with you and Sia. Are you in a rush? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Other, other than the rand blowing out, I've got nothing on my plate. Sorry, and, Anthea's phone is on fire at the moment. I'm dealing with these BSDs in the world. But sure, uh. you, you, you can find Anthea uh, on cliffcentral.com.